Please take your seats. I'd like to invite Brett to come up on the platform and anybody that's involved in the healing teams uh, that go out on Saturdays, just come up on the platform. If you're involved with the healing teams, I know I didn't prepare you for this, Brett, so I'm not sure if any will be here. Um, anybody else on the healing teams around? Come on up. Don't be shy. Bruce. Brett. Pardon? Uh, no, it's fine. Come on. Brett, just tell people, because some people here won't really know about our healing teams when, when they were started or what they do. So just tell people a little bit about why, what, what is the healing team. Okay. Well, the healing team is, is an evangelistic outreach, which is um, run from the missions department in Kensington Temple. And um, we basically uh, follow a model. Uh, I don't know whether you've seen the big banners, the healing on the streets banners. So there's a team that come together and um, we meet uh, fortnightly at Hangar Lane at 7pm and we pray and we just get stirred up and then we go out basically and just offer a service and tell people Jesus loves them enough that he can uh, take their pains away from them and bring healing. And uh, we've got a lot of testimonies of uh, people just being astonished and their countenance of their face changing. Yeah, just as the Spirit of the Lord touches people and... Uh, touches lives. Give us maybe one testimony of healing and salvation that, that's taken place. So you, you have this big banner and you go on the... Where, what sort of places do you go? Parks? Where? Yeah. Well, it's, it's relatively new. So, um, I mean, we did one in the, the Easter outreach was down Labrick Grove for three days. Um, we're planning one now. We actually uh, are going to go to, was it, Sussex Hospital. There's a bus terminal in there. So, yeah, I mean, we went there last fortnight just to scope it out, and after we sort of dismissed the Cordelian, Vasily, and a couple of the other uh, KT evangelists, we were on the, uh, on, on, the, on the beat, and as we went home, Vasily had, uh, he texted me a bit later, and they had uh, met somebody in the car park, and they had witnessed to them and prayed for them, and, um, uh, yeah, that person got touched and healed. Um, but we always, yeah, praise God. But we always tell people to go to their doctors and get it confirmed. It's not that Jesus hasn't healed them, but we just want to sort of really, you know, drive that, that testimony as far as we can go. So we send them to their doctors so the doctors can just, um, just verify what the, what the gospel teaches. Amen. Amen. So if people say, oh, that's really interesting, I'd like to get involved, how would they do that, Brett? Uh, well, you could contact the missions department, uh, give you details to either Christian Samuel uh, or myself. Um, we've sort of recruiting people in the sense that there's a particular way that Christian wants us to do it. So there's some training, a little bit of training, just hands on what to do, what not to do. And uh, yeah, so that basically we want to raise up uh, some teams that we can sort of just cover London uh, with different teams that, that go out and just enjoy the Lord, just enjoy uh, being a Christian and uh, shining their light. So yeah, get in contact with the uh, missions department, just leave your details there and uh, we'll, we'll get in contact with you. Just tell everyone your name. Lavina. Lavina. So um, you've been on the healing teams out there. Uh, have, have you seen anybody get saved or healed as you've been? Yes. Uh, um, just as he said, um, we received the training to go out there and minister to everybody, just not just the healing. But some people who cannot come to us, we go there and reach for them. And then uh, you meet some people who are hurting, really, but they are going, nobody notices it. But when you talk to them, some of them open up their heart, and then they tell you their needs, and then you'll be able to pray for them. Some of them, through prayer, 
they are connected to either the church or some other place they feel like going, then we will follow it up. So it's a, a vital uh, mission. It is. You got, give us an example of one particular person. Yeah, there is a person I, he had, you know, I talked to him. Um, he, he's not living in this country. He's living, um, he's a Polish man. So when I, I prayed with him and he gave his life to Christ, so I collected his address back home because he said he is just passing through and he's going home. So I told him that I'll get connected with him. And then I phoned him when he went home. I phoned him and he told me, he, because I said, it, it doesn't end here, that when he you know, goes back to his country, he should try and link up with uh, a Pentecostal church or any strong church well, that can I, teach him. He yes, uh, he, so he's in a he, he, he told me he was going to do it, wow. but I pray with him. Well, that's pretty good. Not only are they saving souls, but they're following them through right back to Poland. But I want a testimony of a healing. I'm trying to... These guys, they go out, they heal, they get people saved. We have to teach you how to give testimonies. I want to know somebody who came with a disease, a sickness, to this and got healed. Sorry, is Len here tonight? There's a gentleman, Len. There was a gentleman. I mean, your son got healed, didn't he? I prayed for him. He got healed. Um, uh, there's lots of testimonies. I mean, in the team. Come just up and give a testimony. No, no, no. See, I'm going to teach you all how to give testimonies. Because it's not enough just to sort of say, oh yeah, and people get saved and healed. Ah, tell us about your son. What's his name? Warren. What happened to Warren? Did he come to the healing banner or how did that? On Wednesday evening, uh, Warren had a problem with both arms and he had to seek medical advice, which we had to pay for very costly. Well, they said that um, he had an hereditary problem, which we couldn't trace on neither my mum, sorry, neither father or dad's side. Um, so it was a bit bizarre. How did it, how did it affect him? Okay. Um, both arms. It was almost like a um, carpal tunnel injury, but in both arms. So he came one Wednesday evening. He got here before me, and somehow Brett got to him. <laughs> and... Uh, the next day, he was supposed to go for almost like a final, uh, what can you say? Does this affect him? It can, does it, what can't he do? He couldn't write with his right arm. So for about a month, he'd started a really great job and they were very patient. So he was quite depressed, but he got here on a Wednesday and um, told me to fast for three days which I did. So he said, let's fast in agreement. So by the third day when he got here, Brett prayed for him. And the next day, Warren took the bandage off the arm. And a week later, confirmation that whatever it was, was gone. No answers. No answers. So it just threw me off a bit. I wasn't expecting this. But uh, this week, I've had an amazing time too. Uh, I was at the gym and there was this older man. And in fact, I was meant to be coming tonight. Uh, but he was hobbling out. He had, um, he had cut his tendons and he had screws in his legs. And he was sort of hobbling out. He was an older man. And I, and I just passed him by and I, and I just made conversation with him and asked him how, you know, what happened to his leg. And uh, he was telling me how he fell over and 
you know, he had all this other trouble that was going on in his life. And I said, well, well, can I pray for your leg? And he said, well, I'm a Christian. I said, well, that's good. I said, well, let me pray for you. You know, we prayed for him and he started walking normally and his countenance changed to his face. His friend Len, who was 75, was sitting there with him. Before I prayed for uh, Peter, that was the guy with the strap, he said, Len, you go to church, don't you? Len was 75 and Len was backslidden. Uh, in fact, he's meant to be here tonight. He, he te- called me yesterday and said he was coming. Uh, Len, are you here tonight? Anyway, um, but so he's, uh, he, he had a crunched ankle. He'd be, he was a pretty rugged um, South African man. And after he saw his friend um, you know, get relieved from the, from the pain and the distress he had, um, I said, well, let me pray for your legs. Is there anything I can pray for you about? And he said, oh, no, the, my, my leg's been sore for so long. Uh, you know, the trouble had been there for so long. And I said, well, I said, God, my God makes ankle parts. He, 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 can, he can fix that up, no problem. And um, he said, go on, can he? Go on, then have a go, he said. And he hung his leg out. So I prayed for him. And then he, he, he was mentally sort of dumbfounded to the sense where he was going. I said, what can you feel? He said, it feels numb. Then he walked away from me and I carried on talking with his friend. Then he said, oh, it's starting to get hot. It's starting to get hot. So I wasn't even praying for him and the Lord was doing something to him. To the point where, like, he was, he was like, it feels better, but, but I'm not sure if it's my imagination. I'm not sure if it's mine. And I said, isn't that so, so the case? Like, your mind always fights with your heart about, about, you know, what's actually happened. But he called me two days later because I gave him my number. And he said, I'd be lying to you if I told you that the pain's still there. He said, he says, it's amazing. He said, what church do you go to? Where are you from? So, um, yeah, that was a good testimony. That is a great testimony. We're going to pray for you. And we're going to pray for this work, work together. Um, it's a wonderful testimony because this is authentic Book of Acts. Yeah, come and pray with us. This is Book of Acts. And it's not just healing, it's healing and saving. It's not just saving, it's saving and healing. And it's not just decisions. This lady followed up right through to Poland. And you know, and part of the reason uh, that, people, that we have this idea of following up is the vision of cells here. We've learned over the years, our senior minister Colin Dye has taught us the importance of what we call consolidation. That it's not just enough to get hands in the air or, or, or responses, but we have to follow them right through. And I want to commend you. You didn't have to do that. You could say, yeah, he got saved, but you rang him in Poland. You got him in a church. That's the gospel. Isn't that right? We're going to pray right now for the healing team and for the two that are here today. Just extend your hands prophetically and symbolically and begin to pray for a fresh anointing on our healing team. Maybe you're going to come and join it. Father, we thank you for this authentic move of your spirit, taking healing to the cities. Father, we thank you for Brett. We thank you for Christian Lithe. We thank you for all that are on this team, and we release a fresh anointing upon them. They're already anointed, but Lord, let there be signs and wonders, miracles and salvations, Father. We prophesy it over this team. They're taking the anointing of this house and they're bringing it to the city. Lord, we thank you that they're letting the light of the gospel with signs and wonders shine. And so, Father, bless them. Bless this ministry, Father. Bless the healing. May many find miracles and healings, Lord. We pray, Lord, that in their humility and desire to serve this city... That this healing team will spawn many healing teams. And that people on the streets will find that Jesus is saviour and healer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Isn't that good? 
And I wanted to, I sprung that on Brett uh, because I wanted to hear a little bit about that healing team because my message tonight is healing in the cross. Healing in the cross. And on these Sunday evenings, we are seeing healings and miracles. People are testifying. Um, in, often in, in church life, what will happen is people will be prayed for and then come and testify. But what we've been doing ever since Gypsy William Lee was with us, uh, we have been taking people on the platform as they are unhealed and believing God to heal them or bring a measure of healing right there and then. And you don't see that in many places in the world today. Remember that. You might get used to it. We get used to it. You don't see that type of bringing people on the platform unhealed and praying for them and expecting there to be a measure of miracles and healings. And that's authentic Christianity. And of course, this house is a house of healing. This church was called the Church of the Great Physician. George Jeffries, who founded our church and our movement, this was one of his headquarters churches for, for a while, and uh, they had great healings here. Smith Wigglesworth ministered here in great healing power. One of the old members of KT's gone to be with the Lord now told me about the meeting when Smith Wigglesworth was here, and they lined everybody up against the wall all the way around the church, and he went one by one, and by the end of the service, the place was just littered with people under the power of God being healed, miracles taking place. When, we, when they re-pioneered the church um, after World War II, when this church needed re-pioneering, it was shut down for a while, and they re-pioneered it, an Elim uh, church that, that Katie moved out, then back into it, if you like. They went down to the basement. You ever been in the basement? Well, in that time, it was just one big mess, and they found not only signs saying church full, but they found crutches and wheelchairs and uh, sticks for the blind from the past revival. And so God, in his gracious mercy has given us an inheritance of healing and miracles. And we are the ones that need to pioneer that because you can lose that. Do you know that? I mean, I'm preaching to the converted, but I want to say it in the spiritual realm over this church anyway. And, and that is this, is that you have to zeal for the house because you can lose what others have pioneered in a house. And the generation that takes the anointing of the house for granted is the generation that will lose the house. And that's why it's so exciting when we see Brett and others taking healing to the city, old style, Pentecostal style, and seeing absolute results. We're not in it to pretend that people get healed. You know, gone are the days where it's like, well, someone's being healed of that, someone's being healed of the other, and then, and then we don't even find out. Or, or, or let's all pray for people and send them. We'll pray for them, but we won't ask them if anything's happened. Either God heals or he doesn't. Either God is a God of the miracles or he's not. We don't have to pretend he's the God of the miracles. Sometimes when you watch things on certain TV programs, you wonder whether they're trying to guard God's reputation. You wonder whether they're trying to protect God just in case he doesn't do a miracle. Miracles are God's jobs, not our jobs. Our jobs to believe. We can't make a miracle happen. Only God can make a miracle happen, but we can believe God for a miracle. We can't bring healing, but we can proclaim healing and God can heal. That's God's job, to heal, to do miracles, and it's our job to believe. And so this house is a healing house, and we haven't even begun yet. We haven't even begun to move in healing. I mean, so many of, of our own house don't even come to Sunday evening healing meetings. 
They'd rather watch television at home. Now, I don't blame them for doing that, but what I'm saying is we've not even begun. I mean, I mean, we have miracles on the platform, and look at the empty seats. We've not even begun. And I'm not disappointed about that. I'm just saying we've not even begun. That's why I'm asking you to be the pioneers of healing, the pioneers of faith, the pioneers of prayer. Don't let us, and you're not, you're here, don't ride off the anointing of past years of Kensington Temple that other people produced with faith, belief, and boldness. Let us re-pioneer and go further than we've ever gone before. I was reading in my daily Bible reading. I have a daily Bible reading plan that I read most days. Not all, I admit, but I read most days. And I was reading a couple of days ago a portion from Acts chapter 14.3. And although this isn't quite where my message is, I just want to read it because it blessed me. Acts 14.3, speaking about Paul taking the gospel to the streets. So they stayed there for some time and spoke boldly in reliance on the Lord, who testified to the message of his grace by granting that signs and wonders be performed among them. Acts 14.3, isn't that wonderful? That the Lord who testified to the message of his grace, not any old message, but a message of grace. Perhaps the reason that God is granting, because you can't force God, But God is granting us a small measure of signs and wonders. A very small measure uh, in our house is that we are committed to preach grace. The free gift of salvation for all that believe. And if you're a guest or visitor here tonight, then you can know the Lord simply by trusting him. You don't have to do works of religion. You just have to believe in your heart That Jesus died for your sins and rose again. And you will be saved. It's a free gift. And God wants to testify to his grace by signs and wonders. And this is what he did with Jesus. Remember last week, if you were here last week, we had a wonderful time, prophetic time last week. That's how we were led. This week I felt God saying, teach them the foundation of healing in my cross. Because like I said, we're experiencing healing here. We're seeing healing. But it's important that we understand the word that undergirds the power of healing. Otherwise, what will happen is we'll see the healing, we'll experience the healing. But when the testing comes, we won't have the word that undergirds the healing. So God spoke to me to teach them the foundation of the healing ministry. And... Um, and Jesus, when I, when I preached yesterday, sorry, last Sunday, at the end, on you must be born again, Nicodemus said to Jesus, we know that you're a teacher from God, because nobody can do these signs and wonders, these miracle things, unless God is with them. Unless God is with us, unless God is with his message, no miracles can be done. No spiritual gifts. And uh, it's, it's, if you see in Acts 14.3, it's like they stayed for some time and spoke boldly. But what else did they do? Boldly in reliance on the Lord. Who testified? I love that. They didn't just speak boldly. There's a lot of bold speakers in the world today. But these people didn't just speak boldly about what they believed. They speak boldly in reliance on the Lord. Yeah? On the Lord who testified to the message. Isn't that wonderful? 
It's like, I'm going to preach this, but I'm going to rely on the Lord to testify that this message is true. Isn't that wonderful? This partnership of the Holy Spirit, this partnership with God in gospel, evangelism, signs and wonders, healings, and believing that God is going to testify. I believe in the word, I believe in preaching, but I believe that God also wants to testify to the preaching of his word with signs, wonders, deliverances, and supernatural breakthroughs. I'd like you to turn with me please to Matthew chapter 8 verse 16. I believe that as I preach this people will be getting healed. And people will be getting a revelation to believe God for healing. Because don't, don't, don't take it for granted that people actually want to be healed. Or think about being healed. Some people don't want to be healed in case they lose their benefits. You're laughing but you know, I mean it. There was a situation where one of our people wanted to pray for somebody that had a disability and uh, they were rebuked for, for wanting to pray for them. And the person said, if this person's healed, are you going to pay for their disability allowance that won't come anymore? If this person's healed, are you going to... Oh, God. God. God, deliver us. This is a message of a healing for all. When you get healed, when... when um, when, when Peter's mother-in-law got healed, she didn't say, oh, where's my benefits? I'm, not, I'm losing my sick benefits. What did she get up? She served the master. Amen. Amen. Just thought I'd throw that one in. Don't assume that people want to be healed. Uh, Matthew eight sixteen. When evening came, or verse 14, it is the mother-in-law. When Jesus came into Peter's home, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her. And she got up and waited on him. When evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all that were ill. Everybody say all. 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 It is possible for there to be a move of healing where all get healed. I just want to lift that up. We're nowhere near there yet. I just want to let you know, there is a time and an anointing when all can be healed. Amen. He healed all that were ill. This was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities and carried our, away our diseases. So here is a picture of Jesus. And in this picture, we are seeing a full anointing of healing. Uh, by Jesus and everybody was brought to him that were tormented that were ill uh, were healed and then Matthew the author uh, of this gospel says this was a fulfillment this was a fulfillment of one of the most powerful Old Testament prophecies that they were at that moment as Jesus was healing as everybody that came to him got healed delivered and freed that was the prophet Isaiah 53, in that, in their present, fulfilling. Let's go to Isaiah 53. It is one of the most amazing passages in scripture. Because Isaiah 53 is all about the cross. Jesus' death. And what that, how that benefits us. I'm going to start from verse 1. 
Who has believed our message? Right there. Who's going to believe our message? Who's going to believe our report? God is going to bring signs and wonders and evidence of the things that we preach so that people will see that God is owning this message. Paul says, I didn't come to you with words alone, but with power in the Holy Spirit. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm, that's the strength of the Lord, been revealed? For he grew up before him like a tender shoot. You can never almost see the picture of Jesus in the temple as a boy talking uh, with, with the teachers and being left by his parents by mistake and saying, I'm in my father's house. There he is, a tender shoot growing up. And like a root out of a parched ground, he has no stately form or majesty that we would look upon him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. I'm going to come back to that because that is an incorrect translation. And like one who, who hid his face, like one from whom men hid his face, he was despised. We did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God uh, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the chastening for our well-being fell on him. And by his stripes we are healed. Now, the way I read that, it's deceptive. Because we're talking about words of a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Um, he carried our sorrows and he carried our griefs and the, he was crushed for our iniquities. All this seems to be like talking about our sin perhaps only or our sorrows. But actually these words have been, if you've got my translation, are incorrectly translated. Because the words that are being used here are words for sickness and physical pain. So for example... In verse 3, where in my version it says, he was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with griefs. That is not right. The word for sorrows is not sorrows, it is pains. The Greek word makov. And that word pain is physical pain. It's used of physical infirmities in the Hebrews. Of course you're sorry, when you've got physical pain, but it's not talking about the sorrow that comes with physical pain. The word makov is talking about physical pain. And so here in, in verse 3, a man of sorrows. No, it's not a man of sorrows. It is a man of physical pain and acquainted with grief. Wrong word. The word is not grief. The word is sickness. Disease. The word is koli in the Hebrew. It means physical sickness and physical disease. So he was despised and forsaken of men. A man of physical pain and acquainted with disease. And like one with whom men hide their face, he, despised, he was despised and we did not esteem him. Verse 4. Surely our griefs, wrong, it's the same word again, it's koli. 
Surely our sicknesses, surely our diseases he himself bore. And our sorrows, wrong, it's pains. Our pains, our physical pains he carried. Yet we have esteemed him stricken. The word is plagued, stricken of God and afflicted. Verse 5, and he is pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our sins, correct. And the chastisement of our well-being, peace, fell upon him. All of us like sheep have gone astray, each to their own way. And then let's go to verse 10. But the Lord, verse 10, but the Lord was pleased to crush him, putting him to sickness. See, have you got grief there or sorrow? Yeah? Verse 10. It's not sorrow. It's not grief. It's sickness. The Lord was pleased to crush him and made him sick, coley, made him diseased if his soul doth make an offering for guilt and sees he prolongs his days. So in these passages where you read sorrows and pains, it's sicknesses, disease and physical infirmity. Now, I say this because many people have got problems with this passage and teach that it's not talking about healing. Because this whole passage, Isaiah 53, of course, is talking about Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross. He was wounded. This is talking about him on the cross, dying for our sins, but also dealing with our sicknesses. And a large body of Christian ministers today do not believe that Isaiah 53 is talking in any way, shape or form about the healing ministry. A large body. You might be surprised, but you live in a place that believes healing and miracles. But many pastors, even many people that move in gifts, don't believe that healing is in the cross. They just think it's something nice that God may or may not do, but they say it's not attached to Jesus' death on the cross. Well, we have seen, haven't we, when, he, when Jesus in Matthew eight sixteen when he healed Peter's mother-in-law, and then people came to him with all manner of sicknesses and infirmities, yes, and he healed them all to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah that we've just read. So Matthew and Jesus understood that this chapter, Isaiah 53, does include physical infirmity and sickness. Can you see that? And isn't it different when you, when you, when you read those passages as they are actually properly um, translated? When you read, surely our physical pain he himself bore and our diseases he carried. Isn't that powerful? He carried them. He was, uh, by his scourgings we are healed. And the Lord was pleased to crush him, putting him to sickness. It's powerful. A man of sickness and acquainted with, sorry, a man of pain, physical pain and acquainted with sickness and disease. Well, when was Jesus acquainted with sickness and disease? Do you ever read in the Gospels of the time, early in the morning, as the disciples got up to preach the Gospel, Jesus was in bed with the flu. And Jesus passed out and fainted because he had food poisoning and was no longer able to preach a sermon on the mount. No. 
You, there, Jesus was not sick during his ministry. Because sin had nothing on him. And sickness had nothing on him. Because he was the new Adam. And he was here to destroy sickness. So Jesus lived a sickness-free life. Didn't have one cold. Didn't have one cold. That sickness bug, those little flu bugs, those little parasites, those viruses, every time they tried to touch his body, they died. You know, there's a story, I believe it's true, it's in one of Roberts' book, and, 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 and they did an experiment on a very famous healing evangelist called John G. Lake. I don't know if anyone has heard of him. John G. Lake. And he, he blazed a trail of healing and salvation, especially up and down South Africa, and the churches are still there. And God used him very powerfully in the healing ministry. And he gave, him over, he gave himself over to the healing ministry. It was his major calling. And moved mightily in the healing ministry. And he moved in such powerful healing ministry that, that some doctors wanted to do an experiment on him. And they took some bugs or viruses or whatever it was. don't know what type it was. It's in the book. And they placed these living viruses or bugs or whatever they were on his hand. They placed them on his hand. And then they took him off his hand and put them back under a microscope. Now, before they, were, they put them on, these little bugs were all over the place, you know, these microscopic things. They looked in the mic, they were alive, you know. They put it on his hand, they took it off his hand, they put it on the microscope, they'd all died. That's a sign. Wouldn't it be nice if every time a flu bug hit your body, it would fall off dead? Wouldn't it be nice if sickness died when it came to us, instead of making us sick and trying to make us die. You know? Why am I sharing that? You say, oh, Bruce, are you never sick? No. I'm acquainted with sicknesses, but not like Jesus was. I'm acquainted with sicknesses. I'm a diabetic. I'm fighting sickness. I, I understand sickness. I understand disability. I have a disabled daughter. 3.30 in the morning on Saturday, we had to call an ambulance to take her to hospital. Don't worry, she's stabilized now. I'm acquainted with sickness. But I'm also acquainted with the healer and the promises of healing. And this is where we find ourselves in a war. We, need, we don't want to believe our circumstances. We have to deal with our circumstances. But we, we, to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? To whom has his message been heard? Who has believed his message? Who has believed the message of healing? Many people in Isaiah 53 don't even believe. It's talking about healing and they're totally wrong. Because we've just seen Matthew quotes it in the midst of a healing revival. The healing power. Jesus was never sick in his life. Because every time sickness tried to attack him, it, it just died because of the anointing that was on him. And because he was, you know, if Jesus hadn't died on the cross, he'd still be alive today. Do you know that? Because he was not under the realm of death, sin, or sickness. And when we talk about death, what is sickness? Sickness is just death on the way. So when we talk about the power of death, sickness is just death on the way. And that's why we should hate sickness. Not the sick, of course. We love the sick, but we hate sickness. And should never tolerate it under any circumstances. And even if we don't get healing on this earth, we should fight sickness till we die. Amen. The Lord spoke to me and he said, Bruce, you tolerate your diabetes too easily. I thought, that's a bit harsh. I didn't say it's a bit harsh. But 
Did you tolerate it? You got used to it. And I thought, well, that's true. Now, you have to deal with it, don't you? I got to take my jabs and I got told off by the nurse a few months ago and had to change things, make things better. But he was, but the Lord, I believe, was, was, in, was encouraging me, saying, you, you got used to it. And you say, oh, do you want to be healed? Yeah, I do. Well, do you? Well, I don't know. I, I suppose I do. Yeah, of course I do. Well, treat it as an enemy, not as a friend. Do you know what I mean? And my daughter, who is epileptic, you know, it's amazing. I'm so grateful for all the doctors and Great Ormond Street. And I'm so grateful because all healing is from the Lord. All healing. I mean, it amazes me that you can take medicines that can have an incredible effect on your body. And God has put, even in the fallen world, healing medicines and healing brave. I'm amazed you can take a pill and that pill can, can do something and make you better. I'm amazed. I mean, you might think, well, you're weird. No, I'm amazed that you can get chemicals and things and, and healing things and you can take a healing and it can attack sickness. That amazes me. I don't understand. That's just crazy. That, but it's not crazy, but it's amazing. But don't take it for granted. That's the Lord. That is the Lord. But you know, just because we have natural medicines that the Lord has given us, and we should take, and we should keep taking till the doctor says you don't need it anymore. But at the same time, let's not now rely purely on natural medicine. What can happen, and I'm telling you from myself, what can happen is you can get used to the natural medicine. You get used to it. You, you get used to it. You say, oh, well, the medicine's keeping me doing okay. So I'm not believing God like I might do if I didn't have any medicine. Because if I didn't have any medicine, I'd have to believe God really. If I didn't have any insulin friends, I would have to be on my face, proclaim a fast to get some healing if there was no insulin. Do you know what I'm talking about? But I am on insulin. So why aren't I pressing in? Are you hearing the sort of conversation I'm having in my own heart? Why? But Bruce, it's okay. You can get by. I know, but I think God doesn't just want us to get by. I think God wants us to believe him for an incredible breakthrough in the healing ministry. And I'm not talking about a John G. Lake or a Smith Wigglesworth. I'm talking about you. Not me. You. I may champion it. We may champion it from the platform. I'm talking about cell leaders and cell members where cells become healing places. Cells. Healing in the cells. Oh, glory. And there is healing in the cells. Healing on the streets. And I'm believing, you know, if we don't believe God for it, it's not going to, we can't expect it's going to break through. I mean, in that passage I read in my daily devotional, you know, uh, they stayed there for some time. They spoke boldly in reliance. If they didn't speak boldly and if they didn't rely, we can't assume that anything would have happened. Literally in church history, there have been periods of hundreds of years where basically nobody is recorded of really being healed. Why? Because nobody's believing God for it. Who has believed our report? You know, the doctor gives you a bad report, but Jesus has got another report. Now, you don't deny the doctor's natural report, and you do everything the doctor tells you to deal with it, but you go to God's report and start believing God too. Start believing God. Before, as well as going to the doctor, we go to the Lord. And sometimes we ought to go to the Lord faster than we go to the doctor. And so Jesus was not sick during his life, but on the cross, you see, he dealt with sickness and he dealt with death. Now, I said that sickness is just death on the way. 
You say, well, not all sickness is just death on the way. I mean, sometimes having a little bit of a cold, not going into work, getting out the box of chocolates, putting on the favourite old film and just standing there, can be quite an, a little cold once in a while. Quite a nice thing, really. But you know, that cold is trying to kill you. You say, it doesn't have the power to kill me, but it's trying. You say, what are you talking about? Well, one of the horrendous things about, you know, HIV and AIDS is that it's not really HIV and AIDS that kills you. Do you know that? But what happens is you lose your immune system at various stages. What does that mean? It means your immune system, your body, naturally with your white blood cells, your body fights sickness. Your body fights it. That's sometimes, that's why doctors with little kids, when they get the flu or something, say, well, I don't really want to give them medicine too quickly. Why? Because I want their body to get strong and learn how to fight the sickness. But in certain stages of HIV and AIDS and things like that, what happens is your body loses its power to fight back. You, you don't have the power to fight sickness, which means that you, you can be killed by a common cold that even a baby could throw off after a few days. So you see, it's not for want of trying that the common cold is trying to kill you. You, you may just have the box of chocolates or some tissues and an old-fashioned film to watch, but inside you, that little cold is kicking and punching. It's trying to kill you. It just doesn't have the power to do it, like some of its elder brothers and sisters. So sickness is death on the way. And when Jesus was on the cross, it says he conquered the power of death and hell on the cross. He went to the grave and rose again. And so on the cross, not only did he carry our, our, our sins, he did, we see that in Isaiah 53, our iniquities, our sins, on the cross. Because sin's trying to kill you too. Sickness is trying to kill you. Sin's trying to kill you. Sickness is trying to kill you physically. Sin's trying to kill you spiritually. Because they are the foul offspring of their father, the devil, and sin, their mother. So they're trying to kill you. Sin's trying to kill you. Because we have all, like sheep, gone astray, each to their own way. We have all sinned in thought and word and deed, in the things we should have done and haven't done. All of us, we are living in a fallen world. Do you know, when you read Genesis, I love reading about the Garden of Eden. Because there's no sickness in it. There's no death. And people find it hard to get a picture of the Garden of Eden because they're so used to the picture of the broken world. And so when I often tell people about the Garden of Eden for the first time, say somebody doesn't believe and they say, well, how could God create a world with all the sickness and suffering and earthquakes? And how could God? I say, well, he didn't create it like this. We marred it through our sin like this. What are we talking about? So the Garden of Eden, when God created, he said everything was good. When God looks at the earth today, he doesn't say everything is good. He says everything is broken. Everything is destroyed. Well, not everything is destroyed, but everything is broken. Everything is fallen. And in the Garden of Eden, and I paint them a picture, and they, 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 they're looking at me like I'm from probably some strange cult. I said, you know, there was no sickness in the Garden of Eden. There was no death there was no pestilence. Do you know that? No pestilence in the Garden of Eden. No bugs in the Garden of Eden. Well, if there were bugs in the Garden of Eden, they were nice bugs, like ladybugs, ladybirds. They're all right. Although, 
Anyway, we're going to, when they start reproducing, you've got them all over the place. And the lion lied down with the lamb. Everybody was a vegetarian. What? Yeah, there was no death until Adam sinned, your, your ancestor. And they look at me. But if you imagine a world where that you could create, if you were God, if you were God, as sinful as you are, as fallen as we are, as darkened of mind as we all are, if you created a world, would you stick sickness in it? Would you put a little bit of cancer for balance? Would you put lots of death in? Everybody gets to die. They don't want to die, but they get to die. Diseases, and would you put them in? No. If you could, would you create a world without disease? Without sorrow? Without dying. Huh? That's what God did. And you know what? It's going to come again. Amen. Revelation tells us that those that believe will end up with the Lord in a new heavens and a new earth. There'll be no more sickness, no more dying, no more pain, no more crying. Just the blessing of God as he intended it to be from the beginning. But we're pilgrims on a journey to that land. But we're not there yet. We're in the fallen world. But God wants to demonstrate his heart, his saving heart and his healing heart. He wants us to demonstrate to this world that this, this painful fallen existence that we're in, where we fight sin and we fight sickness, it's temporary. And God has given us the kingdom power and the gospel to overcome sickness, overcome sin to a very high degree, to demonstrate that Jesus is alive. And that he is going to restore all things. Please turn to 1 Peter 2.24. So on the cross, Jesus carried our sins. So that we wouldn't have to carry them anymore. But also on the cross, he carried our sicknesses. So wonderful. Because in the end, if he carried them, why are we? We can believe God for his mercy. It's like... Here I am, I'm just using me as an example, because I don't want, I don't, because often when you preach healing message, you have to be real. We don't want to be like some of these preachers that go out there and preach healing without the battle for healing. Who preach there and say everybody should be healed, everybody, well, you're not here. I know preachers who go around with this big message of healing and they're sick, but they don't tell anybody. Why? Because it might stop them from believing. All right, let's just lie and pretend to them that we're all, that preachers are all, all healed all of the time. It's not true. We're in a battle, but we can achieve more in the battle. We can defeat more in the battle. And so Jesus carried our sicknesses and our sins. Now, some people say, well, that's, that's impossible that he carried our sicknesses and our sins. And you say, well, I can't find it. Ah, here we are. 1 Peter 2, 24. 1 Peter, sorry, 1 Peter 2, verse 24, yeah. Okay, I've got myself, I'm in 2 Peter. This is why I should wear my new glasses. <laughs> I wore them at the five. Okay. And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds you were healed. And some people say, well, this can't be right. Because everybody who believes Jesus gets their sins forgiven. But not everybody that believes Jesus gets all their sicknesses healed and lives free evermore. True. 
So they say, so if you believe, if you believe in Jesus that he died on the cross, everybody gets their sins forgiven. So therefore, Jesus dealt with sin on the cross. But if you're telling me that Jesus also carried our sicknesses on the cross, then surely everybody that believes in the gospel should be totally healed. And that's not the case. Therefore, healing cannot be in the cross. Well, that's ridiculous. Because how many people here have believed Jesus and had their sins forgiven? Wave at me. Okay, how many here who believe Jesus have their sins forgiven are sin-free? There's no more sin in you. You're free from sin. No one. So you've had your sins forgiven, but, but you're yet to be free from the power of sin, true? But don't you believe there's a lot more freedom that you could have and that God wants us to have from sin in our lives, its effect? Don't you think that God wants a greater healing of sin in our lives? I know that you've been freed from the power of sin and that you're going to heaven, but we still have sin trying to get in our lives, trying to dominate, true? So even with sin, we're still in a battle. And so with sickness, when we believe God, and the full, the, the reason that we believe Jesus is that he was raised from the dead. If he died on the cross only, nothing. So we believe not only in healing, we believe in resurrection power. We're not just believing in the God that can heal you on the earth. We believe a God that's so powerful that when you die, he's going to raise you up again. Guaranteed if you believe in him. So when we're talking about healing, when we're talking about sickness, we're talking about death. When we're talking about healing, we're talking about resurrection power. All healing is a sample, a taste of the resurrection power to come. You have been saved, you are saved, and you will be saved. You have been saved the moment you believed that Jesus died for you. You were saved forever. You're going to heaven. But you are being saved. As you yield to the word and to the leading of the Holy Spirit, sin is being dealt with in your life. And you can have a lot more of that than you think. A lot more deliverance from sin. But you're going to be saved. We all know that however much healing comes into your life one day, should Lord tarry, you'll die. So healing is a sample, a foretaste. Oh, we could raise you up from the dead. We're believing God for that anointing to come. But Lazarus was raised from the dead, wasn't he? Is he still alive? No, no. Because that is for the appointed time. And having said that, that doesn't mean we should sit back and go, oh, well, if God heals, he will. We'll just wait and see. No, Jesus died for your healing. He wants you to believe him. He wants you to believe him, number one, and get saved. And know that you're going to heaven. Just believe and receive the gift of salvation. Now he wants you to believe him that he carried the sins that are still in your life. And to overcome the besetting sins and the, and the sinful attitudes. He carried those on the cross too, didn't he? So we don't just want to get saved, we want to get sanctified, delivered, freed from the sinful effects that are still trying to affect us on the inside. So we've been, but also, we want to be healed. We want healing power. Why? So that while we're on earth, we can demonstrate the goodness of the Lord, we can testify to his message, we can do his work unhindered by sickness. 
The devil is launching sickness to try and hold people back from their ministries and their lives. Sickness is a bad thing. It's not a good thing. It's an evil thing. When I look at my daughter, I love her as she is. But I've got to be careful to understand that that sickness is not of God. It's of a fallen world. And the devil would like to take advantage of it. It's not from God. She's from God. But her disability is not from God. Thank God for everybody that supports her. Thank God for all the disabled people and the friendships that we've had with people with similar situations. Thank God for the support that we have. Thank God for all of those things. But I don't want my identity to be, I'm a diabetic. I don't want our identity to be, we're a family with a disabled child. I want our identity to be Jesus, Saviour, Healer. That's not my identity. And some people identify too much with their disability. They identify, I am disabled. Yes, you are. We, what are you going to do about it? I'm just going to accept it and just get on with it. No. You get on with it. In one measure you accept it because that's who you are. But you believe God for healing. Well, what if he doesn't give it to me? That's his job. We believe he heals. Better to go down to the grave believing in healing than to give up on the earth. Jesus will be, why didn't you believe me for healing? Who didn't? I may have touched you. Do you understand? We can't take our cue from our experience. And what I'm talking about healing, I'm also talking about sanctification and everything with God. We can't live just by what we've experienced. We have to experience something new at a higher level, at a higher price. In every aspect of our life, we need to break through. We need to break through in winning souls. We need to break through in raising up leaders. We need to break through in so many areas. And we can't settle with our present experience. So, well, this is what I am. This is what I'm experiencing. Well, let's believe God. Let's, let's go forward. Let's believe him. Let's, let's serve the ball into his court. And keep serving it into his court. Until he plays it back. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? We could be have so, there's so much more. We could have so much more healing. Seek earnestly the gifts of the Spirit. Why? Because then you'll get them. If you don't seek earnestly, you're not, you don't expect to get a breakthrough in the gifts of the Spirit in your life. You've got to want them. You've got to desire them. God's looking for 100% non-toleration of sickness. 100% non-toleration of sin. That's what he's looking for. Someone's got to fight the devil. These days, these days in some churches, you're almost rebuked if you lay hands on someone who's sick. Oh, leave them alone. Leave them alone. Leave them alone. They're ill. Let them suffer. Let them suffer. Who are you to believe God for healing? Let them suffer. Oh, all right. No. No, no, no. We know the days in the Acts. They went around healing the sick. They went around believing God. And you know, next Sunday, we're going to take what I've taught and we're going to push it. We're going to minister. But we're going to minister in a different way because I'm late. We, we've got an, it's not just enough to say God heals. 
We have to know it's our right and that God wants us to press in. I know it's hard. Believe me. I know it's hard. But that's why we need one another. Because sometimes when you're facing physical sickness, you, don't, you, don't, you just don't have the strength to press in. Healing is a body ministry. You know, you can't rely on like, I mean, thank God for God's generals, but in one way, I'm glad they're all dead. Seriously, thank God for God, all God's generals, but, th- but thank, I'm thankful they're dead. Because their day's over. They were good for when they were, but they're not right for today. And they're dead. Why? Because it's you guys now. It's the body ministry. You're all, we're all God's generals now. You don't have to wait for Catherine Coleman to raise, be raised from the dead. Smith Wigglesworth, their day's gone. They're finished. That was good then. It wouldn't be good now. We are the body of Christ. And, and the healing in the cells, in your cells, don't tolerate healing. I'm so grateful for my cell. I'm so grateful for my cell. Because they fight when I can't fight. They pray when I can't pray. They believe God when I can't. And we do it for the others. Got somebody else in my cell suffering with his wife at the moment, Robert. And we're believing with him all the way. And we're seeing breakthroughs. And then it comes up. But we fight again. We're not going to give up. We're going to keep believing God. And that's what God wants. And do you know what? That type of aggressive fighting against sickness, it brings people together. Because dealing with sickness is not sort of like, sometimes you see it on I don't wish to be critical, but sometimes I watch it on some TV programs, Christian TV programs. And the whole way it's portrayed, it's like a trophy. You know, the person comes out of the wheelchair, it's a trophy, it's a trophy. It's not, it's a person that's been healed. There's a big difference. And sometimes people are put off the healing message by the razzmatazz that surrounds it. But you know what? Healing speaks for itself. That's why when someone gets healed on the platform, we let them do the talking. We don't tell them that, that something's happened that's not, unless we're prophesying over them, you know, or speaking a word. They, they, get, they say, what's changed? And we even, sometimes we even say to people, don't say it if nothing's happened. Because God, God can do things in many different ways. And that's what God wants. A healing that doesn't come out of razzmatazz, or look at me, I've got a ministry of healing. Those days are gone. But a healing that comes out of compassion. Just compassion. And love. And the glory. Glorying in the fact that, hey, he carried it. Why am I carrying it? What attitude does he want me to have? He wants me to believe him. And if you don't get healed, he wants you to believe him. And if you don't get healed, he wants you to believe him. What for healing? Yes. What if I never get healed? Don't say that. Just keep believing. Keep hoping. It, it can be very humbling to keep believing for healing. To keep coming, to keep letting people pray. It can be very humbling. Do it. Give the Lord glory. God is going to give us breakthroughs in healing power. Let's stand together. We don't have time and it's not necessary always. Although I will open up the floor for 10 minutes or so for prayer. But you know Jesus is the healer. I felt led to give you this teaching tonight. That's what I felt led to do. Father, right where we are, we just open our hearts. Lord, I believe you said that as I preached, people would be experiencing healing flow in their bodies. Not necessarily the gift of miracles, or that may have happened, but I believe that the gift of a healing was flowing in this place today, that God is healing. And you're going to find healing power and your strength in you. 
Father, release your healing power and seal your healing word. We thank you, Lord, that over these weeks and months and years, there's been a consistent stream of testimonies of healing, deliverance, and salvation. So, Father, we pray that in this place today and further, that this word that I've spoken will have dug deeper the wells and released a little bit more the flow. Release your healing power. If there's anybody in this place, in the final moments, and you say, I need saving power. I want to be healed from my sins. I want that free gift that you spoke about. Jesus carried my sicknesses, but even more importantly, he carried my sins. And I'm ready to say the prayer and have my sins forgiven me forever. If that's you, right? Christian's hands down. If you're a Christian, put your hands down now. But if you want that, if you want to say that prayer tonight, lift your hand up right now. Yeah. We could have the consolidators. If you're a Christian, put your hands down. This is for people that want, that want to be. Is there anybody here? You're ready. And you're ready for that. Just lift your hand. And we're going to pray for you. So take someone. You're ready to have your sins forgiven. No? I'd like the ministry team to come forward. We're going to minister for another 10 or so minutes. And if there's anything you want, maybe you want someone to lay hands and bring healing to you. We're going to do that. But Father, we seal this message. You carried our sicknesses, Lord. You took our pains. And you're asking us, Lord, to dig a well and to do the work of faith so that we can have a breakthrough. There's millions of people in this nation, mentally ill, sick. And thank God for every doctor and every hospital in the land. But where are the doctors of the supernatural? Where are the hands of the believers? Where are the healing hands? Where are the physicians of the spirit to work in partnership with the natural physicians and the natural medicine? Where are those that bring spiritual medicine, God's word? I sent my word and healed all your diseases. Where are those that bring that healing? To go alongside those that bring the medicines in the hospitals. And I hear the burden of the Lord saying that there's an imbalance in the nation. There's an imbalance in my healing ministry, says the Lord. For strong is the natural healing of my ministry. Through natural healings and natural medical breakthroughs. Strong is my healing through these things. But weak is my healing through my body. Weak is my healing through the saints. Come forward if you want healing right now. I'm just going to prophesy. I just feel like I'm going to prophesy. It won't, it won't take long, but I'm just going to release this in the spirit. But if you need healing right now, come forward while I prophesy. But weak is the healing from my body, says the Lord. And weak is the healing from the hands of my body. The Lord is calling for us to redress the balance. To pray for the sick, not for trophies, but because they're suffering. And God is looking for a New Testament rebalance. In those days, the balance was the other way. There was very little natural medicine, but now God raise up healing, healing teams and healing people. Lord, let us be the first to lay hands on our neighbors. Even in hospitals where maybe we can't say we're a nurse or a doctor and we can't say 
right there and then about our faith, but we can take someone by the hand and say, get well. We can take someone by the hand and say, get well. Oh, Lord. Lord, we thank you that this church was known as the great physician. We ask you to release the floodgates of genuine healing and miracles. We thank you for the drops we've been experiencing. But we're asking you, Father, that you would own the teaching of tonight and the teaching of the house. And that as salvation flows, let healing flow from the cross across our church, across this city. And Lord, we ask that you will begin with our house. That you will begin to heal the leaders and the people that are in Kensington Temple, London City Church. We pray that there will be an increase in the levels of healing when they came to you at that time, Lord. All of them were healed. But Lord, it seems that sometimes few of us are healed. But God, that's not your will. Send forth your spirit. Stir up faith for healing. Lord, let, let, let the miraculous and the healing move to the next level in our lives. Give us a burden for the hurting, the sick, the hospitalized, the disabled. Give us a heart for them. They're not just objects for us to have a go at healing. They're human beings. And Lord, but we want to be used by you to bless them. So give us the heart of a healer as well as the power of a healer. Give us the heart of a healer as well as the power of the healing. Oh Lord, we lift our voice. Lord, healing is not just an add-on. Healing is not just a little extra you get in Pentecostal churches when and if God decides. Healing is the main flow. Healing, forgiveness, it's part of the same blood that was shed on Calvary. You carried our sicknesses and our sins. Release now, Father, fresh levels of revival in soul winning, discipling, and in healing. Let it flow like a river, we pray, Father. Let it flow. Let's end with a healing 